Last year, after Russia invaded Ukraine, the U.S. and European countries responded by pounding Russia with sanctions. Right now, President Joe Biden announcing new sanctions on Russia. The president is trying to further increase the economic pressure on Vladimir Putin, including suspending normal trade relations between the U.S. and Russia. A ban on imports of Russian coal comes into effect in Europe today. Measures also include an import ban for Russian timber, cement, and vodka. It prohibits entry for Russian ships to EU ports and a full transaction ban on four key Russian banks. Our colleague Georgi Kanchev covers the Russian economy. The set of sanctions imposed on Russia over the past 12 months has been really unprecedented. Russia is now one of the most heavily sanctioned countries in the world. There have been Western sanctions on countries like Iran, like Venezuela, like North Korea, but these are much smaller economies that are not as integrated and not as crucial to, to the global economy. Russia is big, and that's why those sanctions that were imposed so far um, are, are huge. The sanctions are huge. But what impact are they really having on Russia's economy? Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, March 2nd. Coming up on the show, how a year's worth of sanctions have affected Russia. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. For people living in Russia, life looks a bit different these days. For one thing, free speech has been severely curtailed. It's illegal now for Russian citizens to criticize the war. But we were able to speak to someone inside Russia and get his take on how the sanctions have impacted his life. We agreed not to use his name. I am currently living in Moscow. Originally, I am from St. Petersburg. And uh, I am uh, 23 years old. I graduated from business school. I am currently working in an international company in category management. How much has life changed in Russia over the past year? Well, I would say uh, it, it changed a lot. It's the complicated effect. <laughs> life became more expensive. Uh, you have more fears. You have more anxiety. Can you walk me through what you've seen change in the past year? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, if you're talking about sanctions, um, for most of the people, they don't feel that sanctions impacted their life. And I think uh, there is a reason for that, because most of sanctions are for businesses in Russia, for the financial sector, for technologies. Still, I can say that there are free outcomes that uh, like impact our lives. So, firstly, uh, 
I guess the financial sanctions are quite important because uh, now that practically all our banks are under sanctions, it's practically impossible to pay for anything outside Russia. So, for example, if you want to <laughs> somehow go to a holiday or transfer money to some relatives, you need to find ways through cryptocurrency, through some friends. Uh, and so it's quite a huge task that takes a lot of time. And that's like the direct impact of sanctions. The second thing he says has changed are the prices. He says things in Russia have gotten a lot more expensive. Inflation is close to 12%. And the third thing he says has changed are all the Western brands that have disappeared. It's really hard to find good clothes now in Russia because uh, Zara have left, H&M have left, Tommy Hilfiger, Levi's, Gucci, Balenciaga, Hugo Boss, etc. Mm-hmm. So all these brands are now quite hard to find in Russia. So it's like not impossible, but it's much harder. One of his hobbies is making cocktails, and that's gotten more difficult too. What's your favorite cocktail to make? Uh, I would say French 75. <laughs> That's um, champagne and gin and lemon juice? Yeah, champagne, gin, and lemon juice. Uh, for my uh, home minibar, it's a problem because it's hard to find uh, good tequila, uh, gin, rum. Most, I guess, now, like half of the categories are Russian brands, uh, Russian produced gins, rums, uh, whiskeys. So of course, the quality is not the same. How is Russian booze? I imagine the vodka is quite good, but the whiskey and tequila? Well, uh, <laughs> they are okay. So it's like the, there are some brands that are impossible to drink. <laughs> like it, it's not premium, but it's okay. Yeah, but your French 75s are not quite <laughs> as good as they were before. Uh, not that good, but... Uh, like, if you go to a good bar with a good bartender, you can do it right. And uh, you wouldn't notice the change. There are some Western brands that are still available in Russia. They're just more expensive and harder to find because they can only be imported to Russia via other countries. A lot of things have become more difficult to access. Like, Russians need a VPN to visit websites like Instagram or Netflix. Traveling abroad has also become more difficult. I love traveling. Now it's a lot harder to do, and yeah, that, that's the impact. So it's harder to cross the border, so you have to, like, if you want to go to the Europe, uh, you have to first travel to Istanbul mostly and, like, have a flight from there, so it's much more expensive. Also, it's harder to get visa. Most of these economic changes, he says, are relatively minor inconveniences for him. What's had a bigger impact? The biggest effect <laughs> on our everyday lives is coming not from uh, sanctions, not from uh, leave of these brands, but from what our, our government is doing. And they're changing our lives most. So they're forbidding, forbidding, forbidding everything. For instance, Russia recently banned government officials from using foreign words at work. So if there is some Russian word, you have to use it. Like you, you can't use some, like you can't say, I don't know, streaming, you need to say Kina Prakat. <laughs> and that's, a, and that's, that's an official law. 
So you have to wait uh, every word you say, you have to wait every post you write, because there are a lot of cases that people go to prison just because there is something like stop the war. And so you understand that you need always to be careful, uh, you need to think before doing anything, uh, like before expressing your mind. He says that a lot of his friends have left the country this past year. Many have gone because they don't want to get drafted into the war. Others have left because of Russia's crackdown on speech. It's harder and harder to live uh, under Russian government regulations. It's harder and harder to voice your opinion. And so just those people that had uh, enough money and time and possibilities to find some job outside of Russia, they left because they understood that they could develop there and feel much more freely there uh, than in Russia. The Russian government has played down the impact of the sanctions, and it's denied repressing its people. After the break, how Russia's government has tried to adapt to all the sanctions. This episode is brought to you by Canva. It's time to ditch your old presentation programs at work and try Canva presentations instead. It'll help you create stunning slides in no time. No design experience needed. Just start with one of the designer-made templates or generate something in seconds with AI. Then polish it up and get ready to wow your audience. It's that easy. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. When the war in Ukraine started, the U.S. and Europe tried to cut off Russia from the global economy. They banned Western businesses from selling goods there. They sanctioned Russian oligarchs. And they cut off the country's banks from the rest of the world. At the time, economists predicted that Russia's GDP would take a big hit and fall by something like 10 or 15 percent. But Russian officials say it only fell by around 2 percent. There are a few reasons for this. One, Russia spent years building up its financial reserves before the war started and took steps to shore up its banks after the sanctions hit. And after the invasion, the economy actually got a boost. Here's our colleague Georgi Konchev again. It became a war economy, meaning that a lot of factories um, were employed in producing military equipment, tanks, bombs, uh, ammunition, even military clothing for the war in Ukraine. A lot of factories that were making children's backpacks now are making backpacks for soldiers. So that helped manufacturing because ultimately that creates you know, jobs, that creates uh, output. And this, these two factors, you know, the military production and the energy exports were, were a big reason why Russia was able to withstand last year's sanctions with a relatively mild recession. But the biggest reason Russia's economy was able to weather the first year of the war is because the West waited months to put sanctions on Russia's massive oil and gas industry. For most of 
Last year, for most of the war, uh, Russia was able to export as much oil as, and gas as it wanted. Western countries, especially in the European Union, have historically bought a bulk of their oil and gas from Russia. So at first, they didn't want to ban those exports. But as the war progressed, they decided to dial up the pressure. In December, the European Union introduced a ban on almost all Russian seaborne oil exports uh, to the EU. The G7, led by the US, introduced a price cap on Russian oil. So all these sanctions, plus very recent ones in February on um, Russian oil products, such as diesel, together were meant to actually hurt the core of the Russian economy. The oil and gas sanctions that took effect in the last few months have already had an impact. The Western sanctions on Russia's oil exports are hitting hard. In January, for example, revenues in the state budget from oil and gas fell by 46%. That is huge because oil and gas provide half of the revenues of the budget. Russia's budget deficit in January was $25 billion. So now the Russian economy is in a very brittle stage because the budget is, is hurting. At the same time, they still have issues with, you know, finding parts for various uh, industries and importing things. Uh, and then, of course, the other industrial, various industrial sanctions that, that, are, that are on there. So right now, they have to choose, really. And Vladimir Putin, the Russian president himself, in a recent speech, he referred to, you know, the so-called guns versus butter dilemma, which is, you know, which one do you choose? Do you choose to fund the war? Do you choose to uh, fund the economy? Um, and they have to do both, because obviously the war is uh, not going anywhere. And the main reason the economy is starting to feel so much pain now and has this big budget deficit now is because these oil and gas sanctions are just now starting to bite? Absolutely, yeah. Russian officials have said they've been able to withstand the sanctions and that the sanctions are driven by anti-Russian sentiment in the West. While much of the world has turned its back to Russia, there's one country that's actually come in to help, China. How important is China to Russia? Hugely important, um, both politically and economically. And now, now China is, is this really this economic lifeline to Russia because it's both buying what Russia has to sell somewhere, it's the mainstay of the economy, the, you know, the oil and, and, and gas, and providing what Russia cannot get from the West anymore. China is also helping Russia in other ways. Trade between China and Russia boomed last year. That, that really provided a lifeline to, to the Russian economy. And also, you know, obviously showed the limits of, of Western sanctions because the government, but also Russian companies, began looking for ways to import critical parts, machinery, semiconductors, chips that were missing. Uh, so um, it was able to compensate to some extent for those import sanctions uh, introduced by the West. Why is China doing this? Well, you, ha you have to think about it this way. Um, there is, of course, a long-term clash between you know, the China and the West. It's obviously not as direct right now as we're seeing between uh, the West and Russia on the economic front, but um, we know about the trade wars between um, China and the U.S., you know, the, the, the U.S. sanctions and, and embargoes that have been introduced over, over the years. Um, so China, to some extent, is seeing Russia economically, but also politically, as part of an anti-Western alliance. China's position as one of Russia's only friends gives it a lot of leverage. 
For instance, Russia is getting paid a lot less for its oil than it used to. Their bargaining power has um, decreased because now they don't have the biggest market, which was next door. Europe was the biggest market. And now they have to rely on these few other markets that are available for them. And not forget that these markets are very far away. So when, uh, you know, a ship has to travel, uh, you know, from a Russian port to somewhere in Europe, it takes a few days. Whereas, you know, going all the way to, to Asia, it takes much longer. So that's also increasing shipping costs. China has criticized the sanctions and called for peace but it's declined to criticize Russia's invasion. Before the war started, China's president said there was no limit to the two countries' friendship. In the end, the effect of the sanctions is a mixed bag. The Russian economy is definitely hurting, but the war is still going on. So what is this all gonna mean for the war in Ukraine? The development of the Russian economy is crucial for the war in Ukraine. The idea of sanctions was also long-term degradation of the Russian economy and its potential. And the longer the war goes on, those those war costs are ballooning over time. And uh, with other sources of, of revenue for, uh, for Russia declining, sustaining the war over the long term will also be an issue. Now, right now, there's, there's absolutely uh, no indication that this will be uh, the case anytime soon, that Russia will have to limit its war because of lack of money or production inputs. But the longer-term impact is there, and this is degrading the, the potential of the economy and the potential for military intervention as well. So has the U.S. or the West learned anything about sanctions over this past year and their effectiveness in situations like this? Yeah, it, it, there's only lessons to be drawn here because if the hope was that sanctions, and those sanctions, some of those sanctions were telegraphed before the invasion. But that didn't deter Putin. Obviously, the invasion took place. Uh, but uh, ultimately, for Putin, the political uh, objectives um, were much more important. So the deterrence factor is something to consider when it comes to sanctions. Now, when it comes to the impact of, of sanctions over Russia's ability to wage war or just you know be economically successful um, over long term, that's where probably the sanctions impact is more pronounced. Uh, it's just it's not pronounced as it might have been expected. The, the Russian economy didn't just shut shut down last year. You know they they were able to adapt, but it's uh, less advanced and uh, obviously poorer as well in the long term. That's all for today, Thursday, March 2nd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.